All right, welcome into episode 23 of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. Today's guest is Laura Holka. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, the greatest people you've never met. I apologize in advance. <laughs> you may finish this podcast and go, what the heck did we have her no, on for? It's just, a, it's just a good name. That's all. It is a good name. Yeah, it's no, a great thank name. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I know we've uh, we've talked about doing this in the past. I'm glad we could finally make it work. So if you would just introduce yourself to everybody listening for me. Well, I've been in the Valley since the 70s. Started out as a hardcore news person. Um, kind of veered from that bit. And then I got into sports yep. before my son was born and I traveled all over the country on the weekends doing sports. I've had some interesting experiences with men that wouldn't use my name because I'm just a girl. Yeah. And so, you know, I remember those days and, yeah. and then I decided, you know what? I think I'm done with this crazy ass new shit. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I said I wouldn't cuss. Um, <laughs> So then I went out on my own and, and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. So I had to completely like, okay, now what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. So uh, part of the reason I wanted to have you on, uh, Brian mentioned you uh, in the early stages of me doing the podcast where I was like, you know, I don't know that I'll be able to have people. And ironically, here we are 23 episodes later, 23 weeks in without missing a guest, right? So it's uh, it's pretty crazy how that works. But um, one of your titles is uh, Connections Coach. That's, that's, my, that's my thing. Okay. Because being in the business for so long, you know, when I decided to leave mainstream media, I talked to a friend of mine and I said, okay, I know everybody in town. And that sounds really egotistical, but I do know everybody in town. So if I don't know them, I know someone that knows them. Sure. So I thought, my, I want to connect people. So whether it's, you know, I'm high on charities. I'm yeah. very, very involved. Um, so if you need, you need to be on a TV show, you need to know how to do a YouTube video, which, you know, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. You know, if you want to do a podcast, if, you know, you have a lot of questions about how does this work, I can connect. If I can't help you, because I can't always help you. Sure. Then I can connect you with somebody that can. Yeah. So hence the name Connection Coach. Yeah. And it's just an interesting thing. And one thing that I've loved about doing this is getting myself to talk to people like you, right? That I never would have had the pleasure of sharing a room with if I didn't start this podcast. So... As a connection coach, let's just start there because we're here. Um, how, what is, what is it? I mean, I know like you're connecting people, but like, what is, what is the ultimate goal? Who are you looking to target? You know, what's, what's the day to day of a connection coach? Cause I think it's a very interesting thing. And I, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have never heard of that ever. So, well, it's kind of funny because when we came up with this, she said to me, she goes, you need to trademark this. And so I went to an attorney and I said, okay, I'd like to do that. And he said to me, he goes, well, he goes, do you really want to spend all that money? Because you're still going to have people calling themselves connection coach. It's kind of like a life coach. Sure. Even though I'm not telling you anything about life, you got to figure that mm -hmm. out on your own. But so 
it, it came about, and I, I don't like doing, oh, I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of, I love PR. Sure. And, you, and PR is, a, is hugely important to our business. But I don't like being the person asking. I'm used to people coming to me. Hey, I've got a really great guest idea. Do you, you think that you guys would have them on your morning show? Sure. So I'm not good at hearing no. Yeah. And as a PR person, you have to be really good at hearing no. Sure. Not my strong suit. Right. So I'm, re, I'm kind of reevaluating everything. So it's... I found myself falling into this podcast world. Interesting, isn't it? It's funny because I produce four of them. And it is so busy because they're all, no offense, yeah. but they're all really needy. Yeah. No, we are. You know, it's, it's especially if you've not done this before. It's like, well, you said that person was going to be good. And I said, well... You never know how someone's going to, as you well right. know. Yes, absolutely. Have you have you had a guest yet where you've asked a question and they've gone, yes, um, no? Early on, and and he was nervous, and it's one of my really good friends, Taylor Catava. He started as, uh, he built a, a trucking company up from nothing. And wow. so I had him on, he's a year older than I am, he's 31 years old, he's extremely successful. So I had him on, and he sat right where you're sitting. And Taylor was just nervous and you could tell. And I was pulling everything out. I was like, hey, it's just us talking, you know, right. like once you get. But and then uh, a couple others where I've kind of felt like, boy, I had to pull stuff out. And then you get to a point of maybe it's just comfort level or familiarity where people just go. Like when I had Ted Slauson on, he's the guy who uh, he knew all the prices right answers. There's a Netflix documentary wow. about him. Yeah. Um, so that's impressive. Yeah. The perfect bid. And so, um, but talking to Ted, it was over zoom. He's out of San Antonio. And so, uh, just talking to him, like at first it was like very short one word answers. Mm -hmm. And then I finally got the question and Ted ran and there, you know, then it was trying to get back in to say something. Right. So yes, I have. And it's, I've, I've learned that doing this. So. Well, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. You do things a little bit differently. Um, do you have a lot of Zoom guests? Um, right now, there's not a lot of people in the Valley. Yeah, right? there are. Well, there is, right. That I means six I mean, and a half million are. people. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny because, and I have seen this for most people. Sometimes you have to do a Zoom. Yes. To get a great guest, you know, they live wherever, and you have to do them as a Zoom. I think most of your interviews are done best like this. Like this. Sure. That's just an old-fashioned opinion. Yeah. But I have found it to be true on every single podcast I've done. Yeah. No, I'm, I believe it. And it is, it, it's it's personable, right? And it's kind of, well, I had a stand-up comedian on it. He talked about trying to do, um, over quarantine, how they were trying to do shows over Zoom. He's like, the energy is here. And right. so then, and that's true. And I do feel that. And some of the Zooms, you know, they've been people I've known for a long time. So it's been easy. But right. then if that's an unfamiliar guest, yes. Sometimes it's hard because, hey, I'm meeting you for the first time through a computer, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I understand that for well, like, sure. What do you think about, you know, comedians are, are funny. People always say they make the best guests. That has not been my experience at all. Yeah, I enjoyed having Luis on. Um, he is funny. 
but I think it was also his first podcast too. And oh. I think he was a little nervous and he used it as a little bit of a PR for himself because it was his first time headlining a show out here. Well, he should, he should do that. Yeah. Right. You know, he should do that. But you know, it's, it's funny because being from a TV background, um, I know Joe Rogan has the number one podcast in the country and I'm yeah. going to slam him a bit right now. Okay. He's a dick. I mean, he is, the first time I met him, he's, he never called me by name, but he called the guys by name. Sure. So I said, you know, I have a name too. And so he didn't like that, you know, and then he wanted to be introduced. And I said, that's not the way we do this. I said, you're doing a three-minute interview. I've got a three-minute interview in another place right before you. Right. I said, so we're going to mic you up in advance. And you won't be introduced to where you want. This is not The Tonight Show. Right. You are not, you know, you're not Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. So he didn't like that either. So he's, how the heck he has the number one podcast a Downs me. Yeah, I think it's probably honestly just because it's it's one of the only like raw ones, right? I mean, if you look at the the whole spectrum of the world, and I sometimes I get text messages and people are like, "Don't cuss too much," but it's also me, and I, I feel like the more you can be yourself, the more successful you'll be in anything you I do. Agree. And I'm not going to hide who I am for anybody. Right. And I think that's probably part of it. I think there's also a cult following that goes with Joe Rogan. Like I watch some, like when he has people that I want to see on, I don't tune in every day for three hours. Right. That's excessive. That's a long time. It is right. It's like watching good morning America. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, obviously he's done extremely well for himself, but the guy's also everywhere. You know, he does the UFC. He does that. He used to be the fear factors. People, some people love his I comedy. I did like him on that. Yeah. On Fear Factor? I liked him on, I liked when he'd have those people and they'd be in those coffins and they'd be covered by spiders. Yeah. I mean, there was a part of me that thought, that is good TV. It is. <laughs> that is good TV. <laughs> it's it's different. But yeah, I think that's, I think that's the only reason he's big. I don't know that there's any, and then his name gets him the high name guest and that's what carries the podcast, right? So. But if you listen to him, just listen. Yeah. Don't watch him. Just listen. To him and compare him to Howard Stern, there is no comparison. No. Howard Stern can do an interview. Right. He's one of the best ever. He is one people. of the best ever, but he started out the biggest cusser. Right. He would do all this crazy stuff. He would get girls to get their tops off. And I'd always think to myself, you come on that podcast, you know he's going to convince you to take your top off, and then you seem shocked. Right. Why are you shocked? Right. That, that's his thing. Yep. Absolutely. That's But hilarious. he's actually a really, really smart guy. That's all. I mean, I've heard a ton. I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's still on like Sirius XM. Oh, that yeah, was kind of like is. their big push, right? When mm -hmm. satellite radio came out, that's the only place you could listen to Howard Stern. And I'm, all, I'm 30. So I kind of miss that boat. You did. And I, you know, I've seen stuff and I know of, of some of the people he's had on and some of the bits and stuff, but I do know that arguably to anybody would say that he is the best interviewer of all time. He is. And you know, if you ever get a chance to watch the movie, I have seen that. It's been a parts. long time. It's been a long time. It's a great time. movie. And it is the way TV was. Really? It was very, very honest. Very, very honest. So he and I are kind of cut from the same cloth because I was in TV when you actually had to know what you were talking about. Right. So was he. You're right. So, you know, he's, 
I think he's the greatest. Some of the things he did, I thought, oh my God, this is so bad. You're right. <laughs> this is so bad. But people loved him. Yeah. And I think you have to test those boundaries though too, right? And he he seems like a line riding guy and you got to know where that line is. If you, you just stay here, you'll never know. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so before we get too far away, uh, you talked about being like opposite of PR. So PR would reach out to you and say, do you want to come on the podcast? Or for instance, I just had, there's a business opening in town and they're, they reached out to me and they asked to be on the pod. So yours is like the opposite of that. Or it, it, it is. I don't enjoy doing PR. I right. like being. I like people coming to me. Right. But I will tell you, if you do not have a PR person, if if you were someone I didn't know and you would call me to be on the morning show we did for four hours every single day, yeah, live, and you would come to me and I didn't know your name, and you'd go, "I've got this great idea." I would not. I probably wouldn't even look at you twice sure but if you have a pr person they know how to do it right so hiring a pr person i think is extremely important sure but you have to understand now you have to pay to be on everything right every tv show you got to pay to be on right never used to be that way and you're not paying a little bit you're paying a lot. That's fascinating to me. It is. It's it's crazy because no one watches TV anymore. That's 100% the truth. You would do so much better if you were on a podcast, paying for a podcast. You'll pay a fraction of that. Right. And you're going to be able to have that, you know, that you can use that all the time. It's there forever. Yeah, It's 100%. there forever. Yep. So you have to think about the way you spend your money. Yeah, that's interesting. I never mm-hmm. thought of it like that. But I mean, I don't, especially since I moved here. I moved here in April of last year of 21. Where'd you move here from? Minnesota. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love Minnesota. Well, that's actually. a good place. I, I like it in the summertime. Um, oh, no, the mosquitoes are as big as my hand. Yeah. No, that's our state <laughs> bird. That's a, that's our joke. But uh, when I moved, you know, I moved from a very rural area, right? And I haven't watched the news since I've been here. And it's crazy how much happier that makes you. And when oh, people yes. talk about other things other than what's on the news, you're also a lot happier. Yes. So you come from that world. I do. And you left that world. I do. And that's the most intriguing thing. And there's also somebody running for governor here that did the same thing. And people feel one way or the other about it, right? People are very opposite ends on that. So I'm interested to hear about your story coming from that world and especially deciding that this is no longer for me. Well, you know, it it, it kind of started, it, I guess the first thing that happened was Oklahoma City. Uh, the Timothy McVeigh? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm producing that morning show and the the head guys in the news department come in and they're like, take that shot of that lady whose baby is dead. Get a close-up of her crying. I struggled with that. Sure. I actually had to take time off. I had PTSD from that. I don't, I I believe it 100%, yeah. So I went back and I said, I don't want to do hard news anymore. So I did like what I call fluff TV. I was happy doing fluff and doing sports. Sure. And then 9-11 happened. I happened to be there when 9-11 happened. I was there 36 hours. Wow. 
living that. Yeah. And as soon as that was over, I went to my boss and I said, I'm done. I'm done. I left that day. Really? So then I, I worked for a guy, greatest guy on the planet. You don't, you're not from here, so you won't know him. Sure. But he's a legend in this town. Okay. His name's Pat McMahon. I was his producer and we did a different kind of show. And it wasn't three hours. It was only an hour. Okay. And he and I worked together every day for 16 years. Morning show? Evening? Morning show. Okay. I, you know, I just never got to sleep. Sure. You know, I, I thought, man, I'd really like to get some sleep. Yeah. And then you have a kid. Yeah. I mean, on top of all of that, and it was, it's just, you know, it's craziness. But I loved every minute of working with it until then. Yeah. You know, working in media, we traveled. I've been everywhere. Sure. On their dime. Right. I mean, we used to go to Aspen. Yeah. And I'm like, this is like the greatest gig on the planet. You know, but that's the way it was. Everybody had a big budget. Right. Nobody has a budget now. Because TV something? doesn't make money. That's so wild. Unless you're streaming something. Right. You can make a ton of money on YouTube. Yeah. But regular TV is just, no one wants to watch the news. They don't want to be depressed. Right. You know, Gary Lake, I have worked with her a few times. Yeah. She, she was very, very good at media. She's just gone a different route. Yes, 100%. You yeah. know, and that's her decision. Well, and it's also the politics world, right? You can be whoever you want to be. Just tailor yourself to that group and you'll get that vote. That's and the thing most, that bothers me the most. Most people are not that person. No. I know that 100%. It's you, the biggest bullshit scheme in the world and we just live in it. And we so, just leave. We do. Yeah. And, you know, I always laugh because people are like, did you hear what someone said? And I said, all right, how watered down was that? Right. Right. Was that someone's opinion on Twitter? Right. Or did you hear that out of that person's mouth and not in a soundbite? Mm -hmm. Did you actually hear that? And they're like, oh, no, I saw it on Twitter. It must be true. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you are so out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is wild because I think that's probably the difference from my generation and your son's generation to yours, right? Mm -hmm. Is where all of our news is just what we see right here. And especially if you're on any of those social media platforms, talk about being tailored. It's tailored to what you want to see. It is. And, and I have to be on all of them and I have to be on them for clients. Right. And, you know, it's, I'd like to be able to post that picture of, look at what I'm eating today for breakfast, but I can't because I've got to do things for clients. Right. Social media can be good. Yeah. You have to have it. Yeah. Because you have to promote yourself that way. But it's a different, it is a different world. My son does not watch news at all. I will tell him something and he goes, oh, when did that happen? And I said, do you know they're riding right across the street from where you are? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, we thought there were a lot of people out there. I'm like, oh my God. So you guys are a different world. I have 100%. Different world. Yep. And it's all... I think, uh, especially coaching, I found Twitter to probably be the most powerful one we have. Because I love Twitter, I actually. Do too. I really do. And you can set Twitter up to be what you want it to be, right? Mm -hmm. So if you go to my Twitter, it's still all football coaches, football page. Uh, you will find nothing. I don't have to see anything other than football. Right. So, And I want to go to a little 
safe space, happy world, that's where I go. And it's just information about the game. And that's what I love about Twitter is because you that's, I think, the only one you can refine it so much. I think you're exactly right. To see what you want to see. And it's a huge sports platform. Yes. Um, are you a Vikings fan? I am. My son's fiance is a cheerleader. Yeah, this sounds, I mean, so for everybody that doesn't know, your son's name is Joe. And he used to, it still does apparently do some fantasy football stuff. But he I does. used to watch Joe's fantasy football podcast daily. And so I was, I, then I asked right as we started this, is that your son? So, um, but yeah, I did see last year he got engaged to a Vikings cheerleader on the field. So was, it was so cool. Yeah. We were all there and, it, you know, it was like, I would never want to do it, but she's, she likes that. Sure. And, you know, so, and the bachelorette was there. She's from Minnesota. Yep. I mean, it was like a perfect storm. So, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun and he's very, very shy and so he comes to me the day before this, and he says to me, he goes, I think it's going to fall through. And I'm like, okay, what's plan B? I've been telling him his whole mm-hmm. life, you must have a plan B. Yeah. Because no one's, you, you have to figure this out. Right. You know, you're a grown-ass man. Yeah. I haven't supported you in a long time. So you got to figure this out, you know, and you're kind of in that same age group. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, you guys have a whole different take on things. Yeah. I think for, but I think it's, it's, there's definitely perspectives that come from people in our age group and it's just whether or not you use them to your advantage. Well, he has helped me definitely when it comes to social media and there are times that he, he will say, you posted that wrong. <laughs> and then I look at it and I'm like, well, I don't know how to do it right. Can, <laughs> I, can I fix it? And he goes, just, just delete it. Just, just delete it. Yeah. So I will do that. And, you know, he just kind of laughs at me. But at the same time, he would send me all of his stuff before he would do it live. And he would say, so what do you think about this? And I, and I would say, okay, you have got to don't mumble. Yeah. Your age group, you're doing pretty damn good. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. But your age group mumbles. Yeah. My girlfriend will tell you I mumble all the time. Well, and you can't mumble. Right. You have to yes. speak so people can understand you. Correct. So I would tell them, I'm like, I have no idea what you said right here. That was like a... <laughs> and so... He would just, but he's gotten much better. Yeah. But the more you do it, and you're going to find this as well. Oh, thousand The more you do it, the better you get. Thousand percent. Uh, If you go back on the pod to not only the first time I had guests, but the very first one, you know, you record the first one kind of by yourself. You go over what, what you want the pod to be, right? That time what you're thinking. I sat right where you're at. And I was, I came in with all this show notes and I was like, I could talk to myself for 30 minutes easily. That's all I wanted to hit 30 minutes. I thought that was a good mark. I literally got four minutes in and I had to hit stop. And I was so nervous and I'm like, what am I going to talk about? Like I just flew through all of this. And then um, fast forward to episode 20, kind of a, you know, a monument episode. I did one by myself again. And 
I talked for probably 40, 45 minutes. We threw in a little clip from the live episode uh, down here at Social Tap. It was great. Oh, that was fun. Yes, it was yeah. so much fun. And so it was a lot of fun. Just to see that growth in myself. And then, and I've always been a confident person and been able to talk to people, but you definitely take it slower. And I think the biggest thing is, I've always said I wanted this to be a conversation podcast. I don't bring notes anymore. I didn't tell you anything we we're going to talk about. You I just did said, not. I just said we're going to talk. And you know what's kind of funny about that? I know what you're saying. Yeah. But most podcasters need them. Sure. So if you don't need them or you don't want them, I think that's a good place for you to be. Yeah. But if you're going to promote someone... Right. There's certain information that you should have. Yes. So, but other than that, you know, I like the fact that, that you can do one by yourself. Yeah. I always tell people, if you're going to do a podcast, the first one talking about your show, I would do it with um, a producer. Sure. Someone, you could do it with Jake. Yeah. I mean, you know, have someone in there kind of backing you up. Yeah. And that first one, because you're right. Four minutes in, you're like, okie doke. Yeah. I'm done here. Yeah. Well, you can't be done here. No. No. It's eight minutes long. It's out there for the world to exactly. listen to. And it's like, uh, you can hear it in my voice how yeah. nervous I am. But yeah. yeah. But that's how you learn. Yeah. You just got to keep plugging away. Yep. Just, you know, just keep doing it and you get better as you go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So <clears throat> as we've kind of bounced around, uh, we talked a little bit about sport. Uh, tell me your time covering sports because you said right when you uh, when we were talking before we started the pod, how that was some of your favorite <laughs> stuff and you have oh. so many great stories there. So was it uh, just regional or did you bounce around like with? I bounced around. Okay. So I did regional, you know, I did uh, the TV station I worked for at the time, which is Channel 3. I was there 22 years. And we did the ASU football games. This was when the cameras were huge. The, sure. The huge cable. Yeah. So I'd have to wear these big gloves and then I'd have to set up interviews. I was always on the field. So there were times where it would be raining, even though it's Arizona. Yeah, that's- it would be raining and I would be holding things and the camera guy would say to me, he goes, don't step there. He goes, you're going to get electrocuted. I'm like, I'm going to get electrocuted. He goes, yeah, no one's going to care. Because if somebody gets a touchdown right then, yeah. you're just some gal that's had been electrocuted. <laughs> and, you know, it was so crazy because that's very <clears throat> true. But I knew Pat Tillman. Great guy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Great guy. But he used to do mean things to me because I was allowed in the locker room before they had a press room. Okay. So it's like there's like two women on a crew and there's 50 men. Yeah. So I would be in the locker room and he would get right up to my face, drop his towel, and he'd jump up and down. And I'm like, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. And he goes, you want to look? Oh, my God. And all of this, we we couldn't, well, sometimes we couldn't help, but we aired it. So, you know, we started out with that kind of stuff. You know, he was, he was such a, he was such a great guy. But some of those times were the funnest. Yeah. One of the best memories is, and you probably weren't even born. 1993, when we went to the finals, the Suns against the Bulls. Okay. Yeah, I, I was worked two. that game. Oh, okay. That's fun. You were two. Yeah. 
So I worked that game and I was really upset because I worked right on the court sure. with the talent. And my boss said to me, he goes, you're too much of a fan for the Suns, which I was. Sure. Charles Barkley used to sit on my lap. And he said, so we're going to put you in the locker room when the game is over with the Bulls. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, as it turns out, that's when the cameras were all really big. Yeah. And we're stuffed in there. There's champagne everywhere. Cameras are, getting, I'm getting whacked around. Michael Jordan takes me by the hand and he brings me up on stage. And he said, you're going to get hurt. I'm thinking, going to get hurt? I'm already bleeding down the side of my face. You know, it was, he was the nicest guy. Yeah. I mean, the nicest. That was a lot of fun. I think that would be probably the most fun about being in those. Is I think I've grown to learn, especially as I've got older, I've known people who've been to the NFL or professional sports in general, right? And growing up, I think, especially as a male, those are people you idolize. And then you grow Absolutely. up and you're like, they're just people. They were just they're really just ta talented, right? Um, but to see those personalities that the world doesn't get to see. I think that would be probably some of the coolest stories that, that you have. And, and, you know, you got to see what was it like at that time though, being a woman in sports, because that's, that's now a thing that people, right. Like, it was are, not common. Right. Exactly. It, it, well, you know, no one thought I knew what I was talking about. Sure. So it was always a, a surprise when I would know everything about every player and I could have a conversation with you about that. Yeah. I knew the most about hockey. Shane Doan is the greatest. He helped me a lot with my son. And so he's, I learned a lot from all these people. Yeah. But I learned if I'm not serious and I don't know my stuff, yeah. then they are never going to take me serious. They may not take me serious anyway. Right. I also learned... Do not wear skin tight clothes. Sure. I lived in, in tennis shoes, jeans, and like a baggy t-shirt. Yeah. Don't stand out. Don't be that girl. Right. You know, so you kind of you kind of live and learn and but you gotta prove yourself. Yeah. Men don't have to. Sure. No, I I mean I've seen that in, in a lot of It's obviously, still that way, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I think it's just more prevalent now. People know, right? right. Um, especially in the sports world, I think. That's, there's different people that I respect. Bruce Arians being one of them. He oh, pushes, I do too. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. B.A. pushes a lot of stuff and does a lot of good in all those realms of of that world. So did you always want to be behind the camera? Was that always a thing? Well, it's funny because I've looked at this recently in my high school yearbook. Yeah. It said, because I've always been very dramatic, <laughs> it said that I would be an actress. Okay. And I'm thinking... Oh, you people don't get me at all. Yeah. I wanted to produce 60 Minutes. And I used to do a lot of freelance work with them. Okay. And some of those old guys. Yeah. I'll tell you. The Me Too movement. They have no idea what happened before the Me Too movement. Oh, sure. Got going. But some of these guys, they would say things and do things. And I just had to learn to... Okay, if if I complain, yeah, I'm gonna be the one that's fired. 
they're never going to fire the talent ever. Mm. So you just got to learn to handle it. Yeah. Just handle it. So, you know, so you just do the best you can. Yeah. And so what you did, producing was always something that you wanted to do. I wanted to produce 60 minutes. I wanted to do hard news. And then, you know, it didn't work out that way. Right. And so we had a, a show that was like five minutes and we were on during Good Morning America. That's when we were, the station I worked for was an affiliate of ABC. Okay. So we would do like a five minute cut in. And then all of a sudden we went, we became an independent station and the station manager came to us and he said, okay, you have four days and we're going to be doing three hours of live in the morning and you're going to produce it. Wow. What? Get ready, right? You know, and, but we did, and we had like the painters behind. It was really cool the way we did it. Yeah. But we did it, and you know, there were times that, I mean, crazy things happened. Sure. I mean, lights would fall on people. I mean, it was, you know, when I was pregnant, I was always felt like I was going to faint. Yeah. And the guy said, we got you. We got you. If you have the baby, we'll just lay you down here. I said, on that dirty carpet? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it it was just, I'm glad I did it when I did it. Sure. Because it was very different. Yeah. And we had a theory, if you can't do your job drunk, you have no business being in media. That's great. And everybody was loaded. Really? They would do drugs in the prop room. Oh, You had to have a certain knock to get into the film room because we still did film. Sure. Because it could be locked because Susie and Billy are in there. Yeah. So it was a whole different... You could never do that now. No. You could could write a book, though. I could. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I've thought... I've had people ask me. And I said, well, I can't call you by your name. Right. You could sue me, right. even though it's true. You could sue me. For sure. So it's like, just change the names. That's incredible. Yeah, I think that's the stuff that people don't think about, right? That's mm-hmm. the, you never think of what's going on behind the camera. It's just like setting this up, you know, it's, it, you know, you don't think about what goes into finding people or any of that. You just listen and you go about, or you just watch the show and you go about. Um, so I guess... You know, what's you, you've said a couple terms a couple times. You said fluff and then hard news. Uh, I mean, I don't really know the difference, so I'm sure there's people listening that don't. Could you describe those for me? Well, you know, hard news right now, I don't believe we have anymore because I think everybody has an opinion. Right. They shouldn't. Right. You know, if you are doing an opinion show, if you're doing, if, if you're, let's say you're on KTAR, I'm going to just use them as an example because I used to pr- produce Broomhead Show. And so it, it, that's opinion. Right. Hard news, you do, I remember having to do research and then someone else would have to do the research after me, make sure that what I said was correct before we would ever go live with it. Really? So th- that was hard news. We covered hard news. You know, when... Um, when Kennedy Jr. was in the plane that crashed. That was a horrifying experience as well. But, you know, it's like you've got the talent up there and they've got to keep talking for all this time. But there's no new news. 
Right. So you have to be able to handle that. So hard news is telling facts. Yeah. Which is what we used to do. Fluff is talking mani-pedis. Yeah, sure. You know, so when I started working with Pat McMahon, we did, we did some serious stuff. Um, we actually were the ones who broke the Veterans Hospital, the um, speakers that came out against the treatment for veterans. We broke that. Really? They gave us that story. So we were the only ones that had that. And we were not a news channel. Right. We were fluff. Yeah. But we did that. So, you know, it was, I liked the adrenaline of live. Sure. You know, having to decide there would be times, you know, if we'd have a guest on. I had a lady one time that fell asleep. She oh, had narcolepsy. Like you're a reporter? And no, that t- the um, guest. Oh, no. She's talking to the host and all of a sudden I'm like, my God, that lady's sleeping. <laughs> well, she had narcolepsy. So I'm like, okay, we're live. What are we going to do? So I had to kind of shift and put a note because the guy I worked with didn't wear an IFB. He wouldn't wear one. So I have to write a quick note. She's sleeping. You've got to cover until I can go to commercial. Oh, wow. And I said, I don't give up shit what you talk about but yeah. you gotta fill this so it, he did and then she woke up and it was fine so there's no just like cutting to commercials um the only time i've ever done i've only done that a couple of times and it's either someone just gets crazy sure or they are um they just go on and on and on and on right and i actually had a cane you know, where you see the people like, you're coming off the air. Oh, sure. So there were a couple of times, not many. Yeah. But a couple of times I had to use, I always had that button ready when um, Tillman was on the show because he used to tell me, am I going to cuss today or not? And I said, you can't cuss. <laughs> and he goes, well, we'll see. And I'm like, oh my God, please, Jesus, <laughs> do not let him cuss. What a just a different world too. It was different. It, you know, it was... I kind of feel bad for the kids now in it. Oh, it's for so sure. It's so different. Uh, it's, it's funny because I, I listen to a lot of like college football radio uh, when I drive on Sirius. And uh, they had a couple guys on uh, over like the media days times, right? And mm-hmm. so they were at like Big Ten media days. I think they had on Bobby Carpenter. It doesn't matter. But he played at Ohio State. And he talked about how... When he like took his official visit, he grew up 30 minutes away from Columbus, Ohio, and he was there in the winter time. So not a lot was going on at Ohio State, which is hard for me to fathom. That's a big campus, right? Oh, it's huge. But not a lot's going on, he said. And his parents were there. He's a top recruit. And so he, his parents were out with the coaches. So he's doing the overnight stay with current Ohio State players. And he said, you know, if there's not much going on here, my brother... And my high school buddies are throwing a party back at my parents' house because they're up here. (laughs) And him and like 10 Ohio State football players drove back to his hometown. But it's just like so crazy because that's not a thing that would happen now. And, you know, they tell these stories about them drinking beer and like what recruiting visits were like and all that stuff. And 
that's not a thing. Too many people would take oh. a picture, you know, and they, especially these college athletes. I know some of them do, but they have to do it in such a confined, like trusted space. Like they can't get together and just, you know, have but a party. They used to know. be able to, even 10 years ago, they, right. they could. Right. But you have to be really careful because you can't take any money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was when my son was in college, there would be times where, you know, the coach would say, okay, I'll just drive it, drive you to the airport. But he wasn't allowed to do that. Right. So, because you weren't allowed to give any kind of gifts. Correct. Now they're going to pay them. It's about damn time, in my opinion. Yeah, I love the NIL. I think so. Especially yeah. at the Division One level. They, those programs yeah. make so much money. There's no reason a kid can't go back to his hometown Ford dealership and sign autographs for an I afternoon agree. to make money. Yep. Like, that's been the biggest joke of all time. So, I couldn't agree more with you on that. But it's just so crazy to see the evolution of that stuff where... You know, what you said was just between you and a person at one time. And now it's between you and the world. It's between you and the world. And you have to be very careful about what you say. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, some of the guys that I wish people admired, the sports figures. You know, obviously everybody love, loves Fitz. Yeah. Um, and they should. Yeah. Because he gives more money to charity than just about anybody. So does Charles Barkley. Sure. And so some of these guys, but they don't talk, they don't talk about it. No. J.J. Watt. Right. You know, so there's a lot of really, really good athletes out there that give back. Right. And then you have the spoiled little brats, which will remain unnamed. Kyler Murray, is that what yes. you want to say? <laughs> you know, I tell you, uh, the kid's good. Yeah. He's well, you wouldn't player. have known it by the game the other day. Yeah. But, you know, he's good, but I'm like, man. Yeah. You just are not a team player. I know. It's different, isn't it? It's, it's a wild... Yeah, there's so many of those guys. And I think that's the other crazy part is now people are so in tune with those people's personalities. Where you, where I said earlier, how you actually got to see those personalities of people. Now, we can. Right. I mean, you can tell the difference, right? Okay, Co'Keefe, he is a former Minnesota Golden Gopher. He plays tight end for the Tampa Bay Bucks. now. He's from Sioux Center, Iowa, small town kid. Drinks bush light. He always had these crazy <laughs> hairs, right? Like, he, it just a goofy guy. But you go to his Instagram, you can tell what kind of person he is. Right. You go to somebody else with a huge multi-million dollar NIL deal and they're leaning on pictures of car or cars, right? Taking yeah. pictures. You can tell. So you can see that personality of people now. So, I mean, that's also the downside, but it's just, it's, it's crazy that evolution of, of how, I mean, there's always been conceited or asshole people in the world, but now you just have like a, I can tell before I ever meet you. Well, you know, good or bad, right? Good so. or bad. You know, it's, it's funny because this whole thing with Brady and his wife and yeah. the struggles they're having, I'm thinking that is none of my business. Right. You know, this has got to be hard for her. It's got to be hard for him, for their yeah. kids. Why are we so involved with their marriage? Right. I only want to be involved with him in football. Yeah. And I want to know what he eats. Yeah. Buy the TB12 books, right? There you go. Exactly. Yep. You know, no, it is a it is a thing, but then you look at our culture and what's the popular show is Housewives. Yeah. Um, the Kardashians, all that stuff oh. that means literally nothing. But then that's also the people 
it's a thing I learned a lot, and I've learned a lot from from coaches and people. You know, I've I spend a lot of time trying to be a good leader, so I I listen to those people. And my favorite thing I've ever heard are comparisons are killers. If you're just gonna sit there and compare yourself to this or that or whether it's our, like in this world, if it's our metrics, you know, all of that. If you just look at that every day, that's your killer. That's your yeah. downfall. But so many people, I mean, especially here, we live in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is the place to be, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just a, it's a crazy, crazy, it, I, I sometimes, I like how we talked about all the good of social media. Now I kind of want to bring it back and just plug it back together and tell you how bad it is. Well, you know, I'll I'll be honest with you. If I didn't have to be on social media for clients, I probably wouldn't be. Right. I probably would be on Twitter just because I like my sports and weather. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, and so I would probably be on Twitter and Instagram. I do like Instagram and I, and I like crazy duck videos and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I would probably remove myself from Facebook. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, it, but I can't. Yeah. I've got to be on it. I know. That's the thing about any, any way you're trying to build a brand with anything Mm -hmm. in 2022, you have to be on those platforms. You just have to find a way for them to work positively for you because there's a negative to everything and you can fall into that and you can care how many people like your stuff or not but that's not what matters it's just the people that are looking at it i'm glad to hear a young person say that because i don't care how many followers you have i I, unless you're trying to make money at it right then i get why you want these and the instagram what do they call uh, influencers yep you know this is about money for them this is about a career i get that yep but if you're not, some of the th- pictures that I see, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you ladies. What the hell are you thinking? Oh, it's, oh, I, you should come by my apartment complex sometime. There's girls that go out by our pool. We've taken pictures of them taking pictures of themselves, or there's people that hire professional photographers to yeah. come into our complex and take pictures at the Camden North End. It's, it's a great place. <laughs> I love living there, but. Is that 12th Street? Oh, I should yeah, say. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I know where you yeah, are. <laughs> but it's, it's just it's just one of those things. It's hilarious to see, yeah. but every perception is reality, right? And whatever you want to put out or whatever people look at, that's what they believe. But, you know, a, a lot of that, I'm not going to, well, I guess I am going to bash her. I, I blame, I don't blame her. I think it's, it's a result of Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Actually, more of her mother. Sure. You know, so girls, man, you don't stand a chance. If you don't have the right kind of filter. Right. Because a lot of that is filtered. Thousand percent. Um, you don't have the money for a fake butt. Yeah. I mean, well, let's be realistic. Yeah. That is a fake butt. Yeah. Um, it, it, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. I tell you, young girls, I feel for you. No, it's, I mean, and I've talked with other people on this pod about, you know, I have great friendships through sports and stuff. And even, you know, my girlfriend or my sisters, I feel like women always struggle with friendships. That's, you know, they'll have like one close friend and that's it. And I think it's, it's probably getting worse now. No, I think it's getting better. Do you really? I do. And in fact, I think women are starting, women need to do a couple of things. There are a lot of groups on Facebook. This is where Facebook is good that you can be a part of that help other women. Sure. Um, you need to back your friends 
You know, you need to celebrate their victories. Yes. I think after the the Me Too movement, it, it kind of went sideways, in my opinion. But at the same time, it made women start thinking about women. Right. I think women of a certain age, if you're over 40, you probably have close girlfriends. Yeah. But if you're younger than that, you're all competing. You're mm. compi- competing for that jerk. Right. Why are you competing for him? He's a jerk. Yeah. I just don't get it. <laughs> it. It astonishes me. It's like back in high school where everybody wanted the, you know, the quarterback. Yeah. I know. What a loser. One of my best friends was a quarterback. He listens <laughs> to this. He's a loser. <laughs> Or is he going to get mad at you for saying that? No, he won't. I don't think I've had a podcast where I haven't taken some kind of subtle shot at him. So well, that's I've, good news. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, actually, you want people to talk about you, right? Sometimes the bad stuff hurts. Sure. But at the same time, if people are talking about you or what you said, one of the podcasts that I do works extremely raw, and we have said things that. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe we said that. He's got so many followers now. Yeah. Because he talks about things and, he, and it's real. Right. So you have to be careful. You have to know your base. Sure. But you have to be able to take the hits. Yes. You do. A thousand percent. And I think yeah. that's, especially in this world, right? Like this is all new to me, but mm-hmm. I've always been a big I don't really care what people think. And I've been really That's good. very good. I've really been good at like just letting stuff roll off my back because it doesn't matter because I'm going to do whatever I want. And like, I know like there's a lot of, there are people that need to be canceled, right? There's things that should be shut down, but we can't just cancel everybody every time we disagree with something they say. Like then the stuff means nothing, right? Then there's no norms anymore and every, nobody can have an opinion and then we're screwed. And so I think more and more people are getting to that. And that's where people are like, like that podcast where he has a ton of followers. Like you said, people like that. They respect that. And it's probably more or less whether they agree or not, but they respect the hell out of somebody being able to just say, fuck it. I'm going to say what I want. This is my platform. I'm going to use it how I want. I agree. And you know, it's, it's something that's, that's, that's really interesting that you said, don't care what people think about you as long as you're being honest and true to who you are right that's all you need to do and you know okay i think trump is an asshole i'm gonna go on record (laughs) as saying that but i don't believe they should have taken him off of twitter right i believe in free speech correct if you don't want to listen to what he has to say then don't follow him that's that's it but he should be able to say what the hell he wants to say. Right. And let him dig his own grave. Or not. Right. Exactly. But I mean, if you, that's just it. If you don't want to see it, don't watch it. Exactly. And that's the whole disconnect from 2022 to when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think that it's because I was younger and I was naive. And you raised a kid around the same age I am. I'm 30. so He's 32. We, right. So we're right there, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's because we were naive. I think it's because people, they just let people be people. And now we, I don't know. It's just a, it's a thing I struggle with all the time. Like I'm sure you've heard about like the cats in school. That's a big thing now. And that's like, what are we doing? But 
you know, at the same time, like if you, I guess if you don't want to see it, don't look at it, but somewhere we have to get back to a base of like, it's okay to have different opinions. I agree. And that's one of the things that I, I, I mean, I know we're running on time here, but I wanted to ask you because you've not necessarily fabricated a lot of conversations in your life, but you've, you've gave them the fuel for the fire, right? And when I started this, my whole thing was I wanted people to be able to talk to people. I've always been that person. I'll talk to anybody. I've never met them. I'll sit down with them and talk to them forever. I've just, I've always had that ability. And I know that that's why people listen to podcasts is because there's people that don't have that ability and then they get to have this conversation now. But for you, as someone who's fueled those conversations over the years, and you've seen it from this from point A to point B, where we are here in 2022, what advice would you give to people to to be able to do that? Or, I mean, I guess what advice would you be able to people give to people to kind of open up their mindset a little bit? You know, I would quit being so judgmental. You know, that would be the first thing, and I'm guilty of it. We're, we all are. Everybody. We all are. Yeah. So try not to be so judgmental, but for someone like you, you know, and doing this endeavor, yeah, I would say if you stay true to your brand, know what your brand is. And if you stay true to that, you're going to build this, but there's a lot of steps you have to do to build it. And there's yeah. a lot of steps you have to do to make money at it. Yeah. And that is not a quick thing to happen. No. People think that happens overnight. No, it doesn't. It takes time for people to get to know you and you've got to put your podcasts out there and you've got to promote them and yep. you've got to do all of that kind of thing. So I would tell you don't always think positive. Yep. There's always a plan B. Yep. And just do what feels right to you. Follow your gut. Yeah. Normally, if you follow your gut, well, you're either going to end up in prison <laughs> or not. Right. And, you know, yeah. so, but just go with what feels right to you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, I think you, you stay positive. Uh, something that I've always uh, been big on is if you look for, you know, positives in the world, you're going to find them. If you look for negatives in the world, you're going to find them. I agree. Right? And those people are out there. And I'm sure you can think of 10 negative Nancy's right now where you're like, that person's always a down, 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 down. Mm-hmm. That's because that's what they look for. Yeah. It's not, there's no secret to why they're that way. That's why they're that way. And I a thousand percent believe that mm-hmm. they, they made themselves that way. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like that and it's annoying to me, but, um, sometimes no, you have to walk away. You have to. You have to. And there's, I mean, you can be stuck in a way. And I think that's one of my favorite things about doing this and living here is there's so many different people. I'm going to come into a million different paths of life. And if you just have your opinion and you don't want to hear anybody else's, it's not going to work. You're not going to work. Right. right. I mean, you've been in a position of talking to people and, you know, producing forever. So if you just came on, I mean, that's why you got out of it because it's, there's no more hard news like you said right it's not it's now it's it's what I think yeah and I think that's a big downfall of where we're at well you know and it wears on you you know it's and people they kind of laugh when I say that but it's true and this is where I do kind of get where Carrie Lake is coming from 
doing the hard news every day has become extremely difficult right. because there's so much of it. Yep. We never had that. Right. So I kind of get it. Right. So, you know, it's just, you, you have to be careful what you watch, what you listen to. A thousand percent. And toxic people are always going to be there. Yeah. Don't let them in. And I think it's funny that you said that there's so much hard news out there because I don't know what is hard news. And I made a joke about it on my solo pod. Um, I got an Apple alert on my work phone and I just haven't turned them off on there. And it told me that Chelsea Clinton removed all of Kanye West music from her playlist. And why that was news to anyone, I have no idea. Like, Chelsea Clinton hasn't been in the news for years. Well, she's doing the show, though, with Tom Brady. Oh, is she? She she and her mother are doing a show together. It's streaming on, I want to say, Hulu. He's one of the producers. Really? And I've seen two of the episodes. They're quite good. Really? She's a marathon runner. Okay. See, but I mean, it's just like, like I had no idea, yeah. right? Because you pay attention to I what you want to pay attention yep. to. Yeah. I so, know their stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I just was odd. Like, and then you say like, there's so much hard news because what is hard news? To, That's well, not hard news. Right. But what, what is it anymore to anybody? You know what I mean? Like so yeah. many people like care about though. You can, I guess we're in a world in a society now where you can literally just care about what you want to care about, you know? actual things that affect us day to day. There's people that have no idea that they don't care. That's the hard news I think that should be on the news, but they would rather know that Chelsea Clinton deleted all the Kanye West from their and who cares? her playlist, right? Exactly. That's cares? what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> but it's just one of those things. It's it's just a crazy crazy adaptive world that we're in. We adapt to a lot of feelings. Do you have children? I do not. Okay. And you're 30? Yes. Okay, just you have a, a you have a really important role much harder than i did so when when and if you have children yes ma'am boy are you gonna have oh my god i feel like i'm talking <laughs> to somebody yes ma'am um you have to be careful what you let them listen to oh yeah and i don't mean like the dirty words in a rap song you have to really be careful because it colors the way they think. A thousand percent. When yeah. I was coaching football, I learned that. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's what you hear, right? I've told a bunch of stories about it, but what they would go home and what mom and dad would tell them was, was the truth. And oh. so you're right. And 99% of the time it wasn't, but then you could see how all of these different personalities made up the youth of America. Right. And I know, I always say, like, there's no way we were that dumb. When I, you know, I look back, like, when I was 18, I'm like, there's no way we were that dumb. But I know we probably were. Well, like, we, we really were. We really were. Well, my parents told me I came from the stork. Yeah. And I'm like, the stork? And at, at the time, I, I remember thinking, so am I going to look like a bird? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what you told your kids. You didn't tell them anything about sex. No, you're coming from the stork. Right. And you're going to be, it's from the Blessed Virgin. Yeah. Like, what? Even at a young age, I always thought, this sounds so odd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you believe it because your parents said it. Right. And so then whatever they go and find, I mean, I just remember the things that some of the kids would tell us. And it's like, no, that's not real. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever it was, whether it was a rumor about a team we were going to play or something they thought that was in the news, whatever it was, there's. A million examples, probably that I shouldn't share on here because you're like, holy smokes, this. But it's just, you're you can't absolutely. shock me. No, but it's just, I mean, 
it's just crazy the things that you're right. You have to protect, almost protect them to an extent, and you're not molding them. Let them become who they want to become. Exactly. But you have to install some morals, I guess. It it is about morals, and you know, you already are a step ahead. Coaching is much more important than people think. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a single mom, so it was very important that I had good coaches in my son's life. Yeah. And it didn't always happen, but you have to really be careful because they will change your child's life. Yes. thousand percent. Especially if they're a good player and they want to, you know, go to college and all that kind of stuff. You got to be careful who you trust. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's something that we, especially, um, youth sports right now, that's a big thing where I have a hard time with. There's a lot of negative press out there, rightfully so, but I think there's a lot of bad people wrapped up in youth sports. And I think that kills it for a kid that could have not necessarily been a great athlete, but sport could have changed his life for the sure. better. Right. And they decided at third grade that he wasn't going to be in sports anymore because coach Bob was an asshole. That that wow. hurts me a lot, but yeah. there's a lot of that, and there is. I see that, and we have people send us videos, and we're gonna start posting them. Like, look at this moron, because I think the more you put those people out in the public, that's how you change it. I agree. Like, you know, you don't see that stuff at the Little League World Series for a reason, because they're there, they're winning because they're good coaches, they're good people, they're doing it the right way. Wasn't it the World Series where the kid hit the other kid, and then he came up and hugged him? him. I thought that was one of the best moments yeah. I've seen in a very long time. He learned that from someone. Yeah, thousand percent. So coaches can really change a kid's life. They can, absolutely. And you know what? There are winners and losers. Yes. You don't get a trophy because you played. No, thank you. Scream that one from the mountaintops. Oh. You got to learn to lose. You have to. And you got to learn to win. You have to. I yeah. feel like we could take this on. We'll I probably know. have to. We'll have to line this up again and do a part two because this has been an absolutely incredible conversation. Um, I appreciate you so much. And we will have to find another time because I think we could have really good conversations about a lot Let's of things. Let's talk about sex next. Okay, deal. Sounds good. So oh, next Jake up. Jake is like, oh, there Laura is talking <laughs> about sex again. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you so much for spending an hour of your life with me. That means the world. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening at home. Please like, comment, share, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again, rate five stars. Be good, everyone.